Welcome to Worth It or Worthless, a show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses and decide, is the game good by today's standards? Is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and the things that are just plain weird. I'm your host Dan, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what do we get into today? Today we're taking a look at our top 10 retro party games. The holidays are coming quick, and the best way to ensure that Uncle Terry doesn't spend the whole night talking about politics is by distracting him with endless rounds of mindless party games. Uncle Terry. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, is that... Uh, do you have an Uncle Terry? No, but I think that we all have an Uncle Terry at heart. <laughs> if you think about it. I'm thinking about it. I don't have an Uncle Terry. No, like you don't actually have an uncle named Terry, but everybody's got that uncle if you, if you think about it. Uh, I stand by what I said last episode. I literally just never have any idea what to say to you at the beginning of these shows anymore. You just mission accomplished. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is our second November community episode. Uh, the first one that got the most votes was kind of Gunstar Heroes, and it um, it got requested in the past. And so now we saw kind of a theme with party slash holiday games. Uh, somebody said Christmas games, and they suggested Home Alone, but I'm just going to go with Christmas games as holiday themed <laughs> instead of Home Alone. Um so yeah, here we are. We've uh, we've compiled a list of our top ten uh, party slash holiday games. Our desert island party games. Uh, I don't know about desert island. This is more unless like you consider you know Uncle Terry and Aunt Joan's house a desert island. It's more of a dessert island, if you know what I mean, Dan. Speechless. I, I love yeah. when you're speechless. This, this is, uh, we're doing it. <laughs> we're doing it. <laughs> um, so we put our list together in alphabetical order. Um, I feel like a lot of these games are like games that Jordan would play with his brothers, or like I might play with like my cousins. They're not most of them. I don't feel like are like really like, hey mom, do you want to play with us? Um. But these were the main games that came to mind. Oh, my so. games are definitely a "Hey Mom, Come Play With Us" kind of picks. Maybe, really? you, maybe not your picks, Dan, but definitely my picks. Okay, all right. Well, I guess we'll see. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Jordan, do you just want to get into the list? Yeah, let's jump into it. Our first pick, and remember these are alphabetical, not necessarily in uh, order of preference or quality, but our first game on the list is Bomberman, and pretty much any Bomberman game. I was wondering when you put this on the list as just Bomberman, uh, what Bomberman you meant. And I explored, uh, I was like, I like Bomberman, but what Bombermans are out there because I know there's a lot of them. Oh yeah, I ended there's up, a lot I, of them. I ended up watching a video called Evolution of Bomberman Games, 1983 to 2018. Dang. And it turns out there are a lot of Bomberman games, and yeah. a lot of them look just completely terrible. <laughs> wow. Um, what I know of Bomberman 
is, you know, the the sort of isometric, you're in an arena blowing up blocks and trying to, like, trap the other people in. But uh, Bomberman has been the star of a lot of different genres, and it kind of weirded me out a little bit. <laughs> well, I originally had written down, actually for all of the games that I picked, I wrote down multiple versions because... Bomberman has a gazillion different games, but the main multiplayer Bomberman where you get, you know, get a few people in there, start chucking bombs at each other, and you can have a really good time. The main one that I had as a kid was Bomberman 64, Mm -hmm. and I had a blast with it playing four-player mode with my brothers. But the funny thing is, when you ask people about Bomberman games, they usually say Bomberman 64, like, is not their favorite one. So I've actually played a few of the Super Nintendo ones, and I always have a good time. I've had uh, Bomberman Switch on my wish list for a while, and I've just been waiting for a good deal to pull the trigger. Because it's such a good party game, I just feel like the price that they have it at is kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I like Bomberman. I can see why you put it on this list. I don't disagree with that. I feel like it's it's simple, it's fun. You really could have your mom jump in and be like, Mom, grab a bomb, don't get blown up, try to blow up Uncle Terry. <laughs> oh, you're really taking this Terry thing to town. I think it's going to go the distance today. Yeah, yeah apparently. <laughs> uh, all right, so the next game on our list is one game that I would say I have some of the, the best memories of in the context of large group parties and that would be halo see okay i i was kind of disagreeing with you on this whole like halo being a party game thing but then you just said something that made me realize like a lot of parties that i've been at halo has been a fixture and uh i think you're right i think i'm starting to come around on this i agree halo can be a great party game now jordan maybe you've never heard of something called a land party before i know okay Um. i know but that's not what i was thinking of in the context of this episode but you're right because when i lived in montana we had our entire dorm uh like have this giant halo land party and even people who weren't like big gamers or even knew what they were doing jumped in and had a great time which i think is a key component of a good party game is that people can just jump in even without knowing what they're doing and have a great time yeah, for sure. Um, and I'm kind of taking this list as, you know, holiday slash just generic party games. Yeah. So, you know, like we had that GoldenEye party for your your birthday last year. And it was kind of like those kinds of events are where a game like Halo could shine. Especially because it's, um, you know, before Halo 5, there was split screen multiplayer. Uh, the The mechanics of Halo are pretty straightforward. Um, I feel like it's pretty easy to pick up and play. And, um, yeah, like I said, some of my favorite memories are at large land parties with Halo. There's nothing quite like chucking a sticky grenade and seeing it latch to somebody's face and explode them. It's just a great feeling. (laughs) Perfect for the holidays. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. The third game that we have on our list is Mario Kart. And this is one that we actually both had down. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of surprising because if I recall correctly from our Mario Kart episode and from our our recent Extra Life stream, Dan, you didn't have a great time with Super Mario Kart. So which Mario Kart were you thinking of here? Uh, well, the Wii is kind of retro at this point, so we'll just go with Mario Kart Wii. 
Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of good options, whether you're playing Mario Kart Wii, Mario Kart 64, or even Mario Kart 8 on your Wii U or Switch. Um, it's, it's a great party game, and it's one of those ones that's easy for anybody to pick up, and it can get really heated. I love uh, somebody being in first place and just blowing them away with the the first place shell right before they cross the finish line. Um, lots of great memories, lots of great family memories playing Mario Kart. Yeah, I was. Uh, I'm kind of joking about Mario Kart Wii, but not because it's like we're trying to keep it retro at this point. Uh, but I don't yeah. feel like you can go wrong with 64 or probably Double Dash. I've never actually played Double Dash, um, but I know a lot of people really like that game. Well, I forgot about that one. Yeah, because you didn't even mention it a minute ago. Um, no, I never had a GameCube. Never knew anybody who had a GameCube. Not entirely certain that the GameCube actually exists. <laughs> we haven't covered it on this podcast, and I've never seen one in the wild, so it could just be a figment of the Internet's imagination. Yeah, some revisionist history. Uh, I think we will cover GameCube <laughs> at some point in 2021. Um, oh, We'll just have to see. We'll, we'll see. We'll have to see. <laughs> um, but yeah, a Super Mario Kart, not so much. But basically, any four-player Mario Kart, I think, is a really good, really good holiday party game. Especially because it's like it's one of those games where if you have nieces and nephews, like they can play it and understand what's going on, and still kind of it's got the rubber banding to it and i feel like everybody can have a good time with mario kart as long as you know it's it's the four player versions of it you know what's funny i was thinking yeah super mario kart's only two players but my first memories of mario kart is actually playing super mario kart at my second cousin's house at an extended family christmas party which is exactly <laughs> what we're talking about here and i remember being blown away and i'm being like oh my goodness they're going like into the screen and uh even that two-player version you know even that two-player version i have some good holiday party memories of yeah yeah uh the next game on the list jordan uh mario party mario party is a great time and the perfect party game because it has party in the name (laughs) i'm glad you went there because that's exactly what i was (laughs) gonna say the exact same thing it's just it's it's built right in Good old Mario Party. Um, for when you really want to rip the skin off of your thumb or your palm, Mario Party. Yeah. So the interesting thing about Mario Party is because typically when I think about party games, they're kind of like short bursts, not super long. And if you look at our, you know, our list so far, those first three are all like pretty short rounds. But Mario Party, for being a party game, actually has pretty long games. And so this is a good one if you want to like really invest into something a little bit longer. And like the first three entries on this list, all four of these games are franchises with multiple entries. You know, Mario Party, what are they up to like six or seven or eight of them now? I know there's so many of them. I think there's nine Mario Party games now. Nine Mario Parties? Holy cow. That's a lot of partying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Mario Party, again, one of those... Um, one of those games that can really screw you later on. It's kind of got like the blue shell effect sometimes. Um, it can be insanely frustrating, but the mini games can be a lot of fun. The mini games are a lot of fun. They are um, better than the mini games in Pokemon Stadium, which is the only other game I can think of that we've played recently with mini games. But that makes sense because the entire 
franchise of Mario Party is really built around those mini games. Yeah. You know what's interesting, Dan? I have the new Mario Party on my Switch, and it's good. Um, but you don't even need to get the newest Mario Party. We had a big event for a ton of uh, middle school students last year, uh-huh. and I busted out like Mario Party two or three on the N sixty four. Yeah, and they were having a blast with it. They still hold up. Those mini games, you don't need uh, fancy graphics or anything. They still hold up. Yeah, I don't think um, I don't think you can go wrong with any version of Mario Party. I don't know what the the major differences are in any of them, but I think they're all pretty much fun. Yeah, I've always had a good time with them. I even have a good time with the newest one, although my main problem with the newest one was there's just not that many boards. I remember mm. like from the, the older ones, you have a, a whole bunch of boards to play with, and there's not that many in the new one. So uh, maybe stay away from that one unless you find a really good deal on it. Yeah, I feel like that's not an uncommon um, notion that people have. Like they, The newer Mario parties are like, yeah, they're, they're pretty good, but they're not as good as they used to be, basically, I think is what the sentiment kind of is. Uh, yeah, I don't really but keep- that's, that's what retro gamers say about everything, Dan. It's, no, <laughs> this is good, but it's not as good as the old one. When I was a kid, that was a real game. Uh, there's some remakes that I think I like a little better than the original versions, but maybe that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> maybe that's a whole other episode for another day. Yeah, our top 10 Desert Island remakes. <laughs> <laughs> You're stuck on a desert island. You can't have the original game. You can only have a remake. What are you bringing, Dan? Battletoads. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Streets of Rage 4 which is, we could just call it a Streets of Rage 3 remake. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, next on the list, Jordan, I picked NBA Jam. All right, you're going to have to sell this one to me because I'm a little skeptical. Now, maybe you don't remember a few years ago. Well, it's probably been more than a few years at this point. Maybe you don't recommend remember about a decade ago. <laughs> When uh, I think at one of my birthday celebrations, we were playing the Xbox 360 version of NBA Jam. Okay. And everybody had a great time with it. Even my wife, who doesn't really get down in a lot of games, has a great time with NBA Jam. She enjoys playing it with me from time to time now when I'm playing it. So uh, You got spe- to remind me, Dan. Is, is NBA Jam a two-player game, or does it have more than two players? So... Uh, the arcade version, I mean, if you've got the arcade one-up version, great. I think that's four players, right? Oh, you're right. You're right. That is four players. Uh, I think the Super Nintendo and Genesis versions are two players. Still fun, but good for even a group of people passing the controller around. Um, and then the the 360 and PS3 versions and the on-fire editions of those are four players. Okay. Uh, and there was a lot of weird NBA jams. Uh, like I was, I um, I was playing the original Xbox version of NBA Jam recently, which is like three on three. Uh, I think it might have been a PS2 and GameCube game as well. Uh, it's okay, but um, you, I feel like with NBA Jam, you're either gonna want to go with the original on Super Nintendo or Genesis TE, or the one on 360, or the arcade one up if you have it. Yeah. I uh I I would say lean towards a four player one. I I did bring NBA Jam to that same uh event with middle schoolers. They were not into NBA Jam, but I only had the two player version and I'm thinking that's a problem. I think a true party game, you need to have at least four players. That's just my personal opinion. 
um, which I think is going to come into contention in, on a, on a couple future picks as well. But um, I, I, you know, you can definitely have some good fun with NBA Jam. I'd just like to see the four-player version over the two-player version. I feel like you can have like two-player party games, but they need to be very quick rounds for people. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's got to be like a lot of pass the controller or kind of like king of the hill sort of like winner stays, lose or uh, loser gives up the controller. Um, I feel like it, it has to be pretty snappy. Um, you're gonna you're gonna mess up your party's vibe really quick if you put on a two player NBA Jam with like ten minute quarters or something yeah, like that's yeah. gonna be a bad time. Well, even just like ten minute games are kind of too long you know it's i feel like yeah for a two-player game you need to maybe have like three to five minute rounds and then call it a day that's a pro tip that was good dan that was that's some good insight yeah. there yeah and piggybacking on nba jam to our next pick nfl blitz now i don't see your name next to this one jordan you're gonna have to explain to me how you don't think nfl blitz is a great party game so this goes against like everything that I was just saying about it's only a two-player game. The games are kind of longer, but it's hard for me because I love NFL Blitz and because it's such a big part of my family get-togethers. Like if you pull out NFL Blitz at a family get-together, um, my brothers and I, we're going to go wild and it's going to eat up the rest of the day. And so uh, in that aspect, it is a great party game. If you have people who love it and are obsessed with it, 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 it got broken out at my birthday party last year when we were playing uh, Golden Eye and Perfect Dark and all of a sudden one of the N64s was playing Blitz and everybody was crowded around. So I, it's kind of hard because only two people are playing it, but everybody else is kind of like watching it and getting into it. So I think that it can be a great party game if it's already a part of your group's culture, but this isn't probably one that you're going to be able to introduce to a whole group of new players. Like uh, uncle Terry and mom are not going to play <laughs> NFL blitz. It's not going to happen. Well, I got, I got, I have two, two parts to that. Uh, one, I said a lot of this list is like, you got brothers or cousins, you know, that you're going to, kind of game with it's not necessarily uncle terry and and mom that are joining in on the fun uh and the other thing jordan is a lot of versions of blitz are four players really there's there's multiple i didn't realize that i we only ever had like the original nfl blitz for n64 and so that's the one i'm thinking of but i'd be i don't know i don't know i'd have to try it out i can't i can't endorse it without <laughs> uh trying it myself <laughs> Yeah, I think every version after the original had four players, Jordan. See, we got like if you've already perfected the game on the first try, you don't need a whole <laughs> bunch of sequels. Doesn't need to be a franchise when you you had perfection right off the bat. The uh, I feel like I like Blitz 2000 better, but that's just, you know, that's just me. That is just you. They're all great though. You can't really go wrong with almost any version of Blitz except for the most recent EA version of it, which I played recently. And there's like no late hits and the commentary's not funny. And it was just like, what happened here? Yeah, it's don't make it just a normal football game. Nobody wants another Madden. We want giant roided out dudes pile driving each other and fumbling every other play. <laughs> yep yep uh jordan the next game on the list 
I also don't see your name next to, surprisingly. Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark. Dan, I'm gonna need you to sell this to me. I'm on the I'm on the edge, just like with NFL Blitz. I'm on the edge and I'm 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 ready to come to your side and call this a top ten party game, but I need you to sell it to me. Now, Jordan, uh most well, I shouldn't say most. Jordan, a lot of people love Goldeneye. That's true. Um, and you have claimed up and down that Perfect Dark is better than Goldeneye in every single way. That's that's also true, and it's a fact. <laughs> I uh, have said that, and yes, that statement is a fact. Now, unfortunately, there's no HD remaster of Goldeneye, or I would put Goldeneye on this list. There is a beautiful HD remaster of Perfect Dark, though, that you can play with dual analog sticks and have that classic sort of GoldenEye style multiplayer in a party setting with four people. All right. I think, man, you're you're like, you, you have all the arguments today that are just completely changing my mind. I looked at your list initially and I was like, Dan, Dan, those aren't party games. But then when I hear you sell them, I'm like, he's right. He's right. Uh, I would play Perfect Dark. Now, again, you have to have the right people. This I'm I'm thinking of like a party game like I'm getting my whole family like grandma's gonna come and play Bomberman and it's gonna be hilarious. She's probably not gonna play Perfect Dark, so um. But you're right with the right group of people, it's it's a blast. Now the hard thing is I don't want to play it on the N64 because it, it's bad. It's bad. So you have to play it uh, the remake um, on, on Rare Replay or something, and that's a good time. So you're right. You can you converted me, Dan. Perfect Dark is a great party game. <laughs> Yeah, it's the, it's a perfect modern retro game. If you got an Xbox One or a Series X or S, like you can just hey, check out Rare Replay. We're gonna play Perfect Dark, and everybody's gonna be really happy about it. At least all your brothers and, and siblings that grew up with an N sixty four are gonna be happy about it. Uncle Terry probably not, but he can just yeah not play. Go go talk to somebody else. Go talk to Uncle. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Nobody's got an uncle I don't know, Dan. Come on. Let's let's be serious. I was trying to think of a a good uh a good companion to Uncle Terry, but I couldn't think of anything equally as random as Terry. <laughs> oh, I mean Uncle Jerry. Uncle Jerry and Uncle Terry. <laughs> They're always talking about politics. Can't uh, get those guys to stop talking about politics at Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know what's funny though? Like if if you if you heard our second item on the list, Halo, and you're like, man, Halo's just it's it's too complicated. If you want to just dumb it down a little bit, go even simpler. Perfect Dark is that that great first person shooter multiplayer, but at like its most simplest. It's actually like a tiny bit more advanced than than Goldeneye. It's got some stuff, but if you want to just run around and, and shoot people and have everybody look like walking rectangles, then Perfect Dark is the perfect game for you. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right, our next game on the list is Super Smash Bros. Yeah, we uh, we didn't specify which Smash because you can't go wrong with any of them, really. That's true. And uh, again, another great franchise with lots of good options. You've probably got a copy of this laying around for your N64, GameCube, your Wii, 
your Wii U, your Switch. Like, there's so many great <laughs> versions to choose from. And I love on the Wii U and the Switch, you can play with up to eight people, which makes it an even better party game. Now, you need a big screen if you're going to play eight-player uh, Super Smash Bros., because uh, it's easy to get lost on there. If you got a projector, break it out for your holiday party and put up some eight-player Smash Bros. That's a good time. But if all you've got is your N64, everyone has a good time with it still. I have a good friend who has an elementary-age son, and he loves N64 Smash Bros. Um, everybody loves Smash Bros. It's it's like the perfect fighting game for people who don't want to memorize combos or learn how to actually play a fighting game. Like me. I think normal fighting games are dumb, but I love Super Smash Bros. Yeah, I feel like Smash Bros. is like the, how do I say this? For those of us who aren't into fighting games, when we play like a game like Marvel vs. Capcom, we feel like we're incredible because the button combinations make you do really cool things. Yeah. And I feel like Super Smash Bros. is sort of the next step up where those of us who aren't like into these super tightly timed fighting games and... Uh, these very intricate uh, designs that a lot of competitive fighting games have. I feel like Smash is sort of the perfect, um, easy to pick up, difficult to master kind of game. But even yeah, it's like a, it's like a bass guitar, Dan. Anybody <laughs> can play it, but you know it takes a certain special someone to master it. Yes, Smash is uh, the bass guitar of fighting games, I guess. <laughs> that might be the best, uh, the best, what do you call that when you when you compare something to another thing? The uh, a metaphor, a, a simile, a <laughs> comparison. It might be the best comparison we've ever made on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> Words uh, are hard. Uh, apparently. But yeah, Smash is, is great. I feel like it's like another one of those where you can bridge the generations with it. Uh, Mom, probably not going to be into Smash, but uh, little six and seven-year-old nephews connecting with 30-year-old uncles, probably a good deal. There's no better feeling than uh, like jump kicking your seven-year-old nephew off the edge of a cliff. In a video game. In a video game. Sorry, I should probably specify. Oh, what's happening? <laughs> Anyways. All right, our next one on the list, number nine, is Tetris Multiplayer. And I bet you're all surprised to hear that this was one of my choices. Yeah, big surprise there. Um, I don't... So... Are you talking just strictly two-player Tetris multiplayer? You talking one of the crazier oh, no. four-player versions? You talking the 99-player version of Tetris? Well, the 99-player one is great, but I'm talking about specifically as a party game, four-player Battle Tetris is a good time. And it doesn't matter. Again, this is a franchise where you have a ton of options to choose from. There's a handful of games. Uh, I would say anywhere from the N64, PS1 era up till modern. And they all have great different battle modes. They have things like handicaps and just like wacky things that kind of even out the playing field. Um, I know in uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris, which is the most modern version that I have, but also in a lot of older ones, you have like these crazy like bombs and items and stuff that they've thrown in. And... Uh, Tetris multiplayer is one that comes out on pretty much every family vacation that we have. And, uh, I also bring it out at a lot of, uh, uh, 
events with students and everybody has a good time with it, Dan. So I know that you don't love Tetris multiplayer, but the people do, Dan. The people do. Uncle Terry, mom, Aunt Joan, grandma, everybody loves Tetris. Uh, Make no mistake, Jordan. I enjoy Tetris multiplayer, just not with you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's like I on one hand, I'm offended, but on another hand, I'm honored. (laughs) Guys, I saw Jordan come in second place in Detroit on Tetris primetime the other day. He takes Tetris way too seriously. You ever have a friend who's like, hey, we should play this game. It's a lot of fun. Like, I did this to Jordan back in the day. I was, like, hardcore into Halo 2, and I was like, you guys should play Halo 2 with me. And then, like, it was just 60 minutes of me just destroying my friends, and they're like, why is this fun? (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no. It was still fun because it was Halo, but it, it, my wife and I just trying to beat you. We're on a team together and you're just absolutely wrecking us. I have I have vivid memories of you destroying us in Halo, um, but it was still fun. It was still fun. And I feel like that's how Tetris is too. I will destroy all of my family members in Tetris. I will destroy almost everybody in the city of Detroit with the worst possible version of Tetris primetime using touch controls Yeah, because it's just that much of a good game. It, I... I don't know. I really wish that they would add controller support to the the mobile version of Tetris, but that's a different conversation for a different day. Yes. Uh, there is a new version of Tetris Mobile called Tetris Clash or something that you can use a controller, but it has so many like monetization gems and diamonds and all of this garbage that I deleted it like instantly. Not worth your time. You don't want to just pay $3 to have ads removed for 30 days? That's not how Tetris Clash is like this whole it's like it's built into this like whole system that you can like bet money on games like it's basically Tetris for gambling addicts. And I'm like That's, this is not a good thing for me to have on my phone. It's very strange. Cuz I think that I'm a lot better at Tetris than I am and I'm I'm going to make a mistake and I'm going <laughs> to end up losing my life savings to some guy like using a bot. Yeah. It's not going to be yeah. good. Now Jordan, uh shout out to uh at emo Fergie on our Discord yeah. for putting us up on a magical Tetris challenge. I was watching a video of that earlier today. It's multiplayer Tetris where you're throwing like U-shaped Tetraminos and a whole bunch of weird other stuff. I was watching the video like, what is this? This looks infuriating. Well, that's what I'm saying. There's so many different versions of Tetris and they all have their own quirks and uh, you've probably already got one laying around at home. So break it out at your next party and you'll have a good time. Or maybe you won't if you have a friend like Jordan or a cousin like Jordan. Maybe Tetris just won't be fun anymore. That's what the handicap settings are for. If you've got somebody in your family who's just way too good, you just crank up the handicap settings and let them get buried. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Moving on, Jordan. This last pick is another one of yours. You picked Worms. I did pick Worms, and this is a this is a funny thing. So this is a game, again, there's a whole bunch of different versions, but this is a game that when I was a kid, I have fond memories of this game. I never owned it. I never even knew what it was called. I just remembered it was the game where you're all on the screen and you're like launching artillery shells and like different crazy weapons at each other. And I remember having a great time playing this at a friend's house. 
And again, it's a game where you can get a whole bunch of people playing. You can, you don't have to have any clue what you're doing. It's just like, all right, I'm going to set my distance and uh, set my power and just start launching stuff. If you've never played Worms or Battle Tanks or any sort of artillery game, they are a blast. They're super slow-paced and easy for anybody to pick up. And I would say check it out because they are the perfect party game. Yeah, I've I've been into these kinds of games uh, here and there. I remember playing. Um, I think the original is called Scorched Earth, uh, and I think there's a lot of versions of it that are you know similar to like choose your velocity and your angle and launch a missile and try to blow the other person up. And uh, so I've always enjoyed this sort of uh, genre of games. Yeah. Um, now you specified Armageddon for PS1 and N64 on the list. I see. Is there a particular reason that that's the one that you specified, or is it just because there's a PS4 or PS1 and 64 version of that game? Yeah. No, that one is just I think one of the earlier versions that has four players and a, a whole bunch of like wacky stuff going on. There's been a gazillion different versions. So I, I did specify uh, Worms Armageddon for PS1 or N64 just because if you're looking for a good retro one that would work as a party game, that's a, a decent one to check out. I would imagine it's pretty cheap because it's on PS1. So, you know, it's a compact disc. It probably only costs whatever <laughs> change you have in your pocket to take it off the, the thrift store floor. So, um, yeah. 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 Uh, any guess at what a sweet, sweet cartridge of uh, Worms Armageddon might cost you on the N64, Jordan. I, I happened upon the price charting listing of oh, Worms uh, Armageddon. So what do you think, what do you think uh, these, these, these games are going for? I know you said that uh, Thrift Store Dirt on the PS4, PS1 version. What about the N64? Um, I would say like $14 maybe. Okay, okay. Uh, the, the complete version of the PS1 was uh, price charting had it at twenty dollars? Okay. Uh, the N sixty four version, Jordan, over two hundred dollars. Holy cow! Okay, so that's not going to be one you're breaking out at the holidays <laughs> unless you already have it laying around. And if you already have it laying around, may I suggest you sell that and have some Christmas money to spend on other things? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no idea why. I think it's just super rare or something, and I don't know what the version differences are. But yeah, I was uh, pretty surprised to happen upon a two hundred dollar Worms game. I'm like, what in the world's going on here? I'm sure the PlayStation version is better anyway, and for one tenth of the price, maybe just pick it up on PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the N sixty four version has four players, and the PlayStation version only has two. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to oh, look into it either. maybe cover it on the show at some point. Since it's an expensive Dude. game, it might be worth doing some digging and maybe covering the PS1 version. I don't know. I would love to play some Worms. That's, oh man. I have a like a, a crappy knockoff version on my phone called like Pocket Tanks or something. And then I saw that Worms, I think even Worms Armageddon is selling on the App Store for like 99 cents. And I was like, why mm. am I playing this knockoff version when I could just buy the real one for 99 cents? So I might have to do that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that might be a good one to cover in the future. Uh, let us know if you want to hear us play Worms. Let us know if you want to see us play Worms, where we can probably want to choke each other out while we're playing that one. Let us know if you want to see one of us get Worms. We'll just go and eat <laughs> rotten fruit out of uh, our backyards until it happens. Uh, Jordan, that wraps up our top 10 party games. But that's not all that we have. We got some honorable mentions. We got some modern 
games that you can break out at a party. Yeah, so a lot of the games that we've talked about do have modern entries in their franchise, but we wanted to look at what are some more modern games that don't really have uh, any retro entries in the franchises that we could talk about for uh, to play around the holidays. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I think th- this is a retro game podcast, so we wanted the yes. list, the main list to be retro games. Um, but these days there are so many good party games that like you can't really leave them off the list, especially if you've got the Switch hooked up or whatever, or you've got the PS4, the Xbox One already hooked up. You don't have to break it out of the closet. These are games that you know you might have easy access to for uh, for a good time for a lot of people. So to start off the list of honorable mentions, Jordan, I have a game that again, if my wife can get into it with me. I'm pretty sure it's like a good party game. Uh, and I've had fun times with you and your wife as well. Castle Crashers. Yes. I didn't put my name next to this on the list because I just, I missed it. I should have. It's, it's You're right. This is a great party game. Castle Crashers is, uh, you know, we cover a lot of beat-em-up games on this podcast because we love beat-em-up games. Pretty much any beat-em-up game can be a good party game because you don't really have to know anything about gaming. Just jump and punch and kick. And Castle Crashers takes that formula and perfects it. It's so good. Yeah, and not only does it just take that formula and make it great, it makes it super cute and kind of accessible. So it makes people who might not be as into, you know, I don't know, a Ninja Turtles game or anything on the Capcom beat 'em up bundle. Like it yeah. it's it looks cute, so you kind of want to play it and then it's like kind of funny when your knight chops somebody's head off and it's like I don't know, this <laughs> I was going to say it's the perfect game to to lure your your friends. Maybe you have some like um you know, like your aunt or your female cousins or whoever and you, you lure them in with this cutesy looking game and then you get to like the third level and there's poop everywhere and it's hilarious <laughs> because they didn't see it coming. <laughs> perfect yeah yeah definitely a great game yes jordan the next game on the list you got to sell me on i watched uh, a little bit of a review of it but didn't sell me on it very well killer queen black yeah the next game on the list is killer queen black and uh the reason i put this on the list is because it's like the most recent party game that i personally purchased the thing i love about this game is it is eight players on the switch which the more the merrier it has a nice simple gameplay it's kind of similar to a game that's going to show up a little bit further down the list Towerfall, and that it's really short rounds um, lots of like quick um, fighting but the thing I love about this game is if you don't want to fight you can still have fun there are three ways to win every round you can either win by killing the other team's queen you can win by collecting enough resources and that's an economic victory or you can win by riding a very slow snail across the finish line so you can win by uh, by fighting by economics or by snail and I love that the concept sounds interesting, but the gameplay, when I was watching videos of it, I was like, I don't know how much fun this looks like it is. I don't really understand what's going on. It's kind of hectic and chaotic because you can be trying to win one of three different ways. But when you start playing it, after it's like you play one round and you know exactly what's going on and you kind of figure out what kind of gameplay do you want to do? Do you want to go on the attack? Do you want to 
run around and collect berries or do you want to try to ride that snail? And so there's something for everybody depending on what their gameplay is. I love that you can have eight players. Um, it's a newer game, so a lot of people probably haven't played it, and it's a good time. I, I think it just had its one-year anniversary releasing on the Switch, and they released a whole bunch of extra free stuff for it. So if it sounds interesting to you, if you like uh, strategic, quick-paced uh, party games, check out Killer Queen Black. Yeah, you alluded, I guess we should just jump the gun a little bit. You alluded to Towerfall being on the list. It almost struck yeah. me as like a Towerfall style game. Yes. Is it somewhat similar gameplay-wise? I mean, it's, you know, for people who haven't looked at it, it's kind of a, a 2D platformer looking thing inside of an arena. Yeah. So Towerfall is similar 2D platformers, um, inside of an arena, but in Towerfall, you're shooting bow and arrows. Mm-hmm. And it's an incredible game, uh, worthy of its spot. Probably my favorite game on this list. Uh, I've had so many good party moments with Towerfall. But uh, Killer Queen Black takes that quick, fast-paced fighting, uh, one-hit kills of Towerfall, and then adds two extra layers to it, where you have the the resource collecting and the trying to ride the snail across the finish line. And adding those extra two win conditions just adds a little bit of extra strategy to it. Now, I don't mm. like it more than Towerfall, but I feel like it takes the stuff I love from Towerfall and adds a couple extra layers. Yeah. Um, didn't didn't I show you Towerfall initially? Yeah, Wasn't absolutely. Wasn't that at like a party or something that I had? Yeah, and it definitely was at a party. I had a blast, and I waited anxiously for it to come to the Switch. And when it came to the Switch and it had six players, I was like, this is even better. Four players was good, but six players, even better. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, Towerfall, I've never had... If I had six people to play it with, I can imagine it being a great time. I've just never had that experience. I Towerfall is a game that I have introduced to people who do not play video games who uh, I would not think would be interested in like a 2D pixel art, super minimal, uh, you know, quick paced fighting game or whatever. I don't even know how to like people you would never think would be into it. And they they absolutely fall in love. I've seen uh, teenage girls who I've never even seen touch a video game before uh, playing Towerfall for hours. I, I think that Towerfall might be the best party game that I've ever played. (laughs) <laughs> ever it's so good everybody falls in love with it it's simple you have two buttons you, you basically you jump and shoot there's a little bit of extra depth if you want to um once you've han- managed to get the hang of the those two things but really just jump and shoot and the rounds can take 15 seconds or it can take up to a minute and it's so fast-paced and quirky and fun and i love it yeah yeah it's a great game uh the next game on the list my game uh, Overcooked. Now, I love Overcooked. It's it's another game that I've played with my wife. And there's just something about it where it's basically uh, a, a very simple kitchen simulator where you're getting orders and one person has to, like, chop some onions and chop some tomatoes and, like... <laughs> get a bun and cook the soup and like you're tr- you're running around each other in this kitchen um and it gets very like very very stressful but it's so much fun to me 
All right, so you said the exact word that I think of when I think of Overcooked, and the reason why I don't love it as a party game, it is so stressful. It is like a, an entire work week packed into a three-minute round, <laughs> and it stresses me the heck out. And I know people love Overcooked and have a great time with it. It just is not for me. See, the thing about Overcooked, and I didn't do it justice when I played it with you and your wife because I was like, the thing about Overcooked is you play the same level over and over and over again until you get it. So you're slowly getting better at making onion soup and sort of finding your groove. And I realized that when we didn't have the best time when we played it together, that I was the one who was moving a little too fast uh, and not letting you guys get used to the game. I think if you would have mastered everything a little bit more, that you would like it a little bit more. Um but overall, man, I don't know. There's something about Overcooked where it's, I never, it's one of those games where I'm like, I want to get back to that game. I really need to get back to it. <laughs> it's just not a priority. I definitely see the allure of it. And I know it's a game that people love. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't for me. It's good, Jordan. It's good. I believe you. Uh, it's a, again just going back to the thing about video games being a subjective art form and some people like stuff that other people don't like uh, but mostly the fact that my opinion is objective truth and uh, I just didn't like it Jordan did you just imply that video games are an art form are you saying that video games are art because that's a really weird opinion <laughs> <laughs> it's my opinion which I'm entitled to no matter how right or wrong it may or may not be yeah, I don't know how anybody can think video games are art. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> Moving on. Uh, the last game on our honorable mention modern list. There is a retro version. Can't speak to how good it would be at a party these days. But, hey, mom could play this one and have a great time. Jordan, you don't know Jack slash the Jackbox Party Pack games. So these are great. If you've never played uh, the Jackbox Party Pack games, which do include the classic You Don't Know Jack, you are missing out. There are six or seven of them now, maybe more than that, and they're all a great time. This is one that comes out frequently at my, my wife's family's house when we have parties over there. It is a game that you play on your cell phone, so you have it on your console or on your, on your TV, and it will be having like trivia or like giving you prompts, but everybody plays on their own device, which makes it easy. You don't have to like try to teach anybody how to use a game controller. They mm. are just using the thing that they use every day and know how to use. And it is the wackiest, funniest stuff. We always have a great time. We always end up playing way too light, uh, way too late into the evening. And uh, this is one that is fun to play with um, younger kids too. Although if you're playing with younger kids, definitely turn on the family-friendly filters because some of these games have things that you maybe don't want your uh, younger kids or nieces or nephews to see. But for the most part, it's some good, clean family fun. Yeah, I think the uh, the cell phone controller thing is a stroke of genius on their part. Um, Absolutely. Because it really does make it accessible for everybody and you don't feel like it feels I don't want to say you don't feel like you're playing a video game but it it just feels like a more of like a trivia night uh with everybody where you don't feel like oh the kids are playing video games and I don't really want to play it's just it's a it's a it's a way of bringing more people in and which I think is perfect for this kind of game 
Yeah, and they've even taken some of the like the best games out of the packs and they sell those separately. I think a uh, when when the whole like lockdown thing first started, they were selling Drawful for like a dollar on the Switch, or might have been like a penny even. So even though I already have it in a pack, I picked up that one on its own. My absolute favorite game from the Jackbox Party Packs are the two versions of the Murder Mystery Trivia Party. Uh, I love those. Always a great time. I don't know if I'm familiar with those. I, I only have, I think, the first maybe two. I don't even know. I might not have the second Jackbox Party Pack. I mainly have the one with You Don't Know Jack. Yeah, if, if you are looking for a, a family-friendly one, maybe get any of the ones after the first one because that one doesn't have a family-friendly mode, but all of the, the more recent ones from two onward do if that's something that you are taking into consideration. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan, that's going to wrap up our list. I think that, you know, we got 16, 15, sorry, 15 options there of uh, great party games. Hopefully there's something in there that sounds good for your next party. Mm -hmm. Mm Jordan, moving on to our bounty segment. Uh, November is my birthday month, so we're kind of doing a little bit of a birthday-themed sort of uh, Dan Bounty stuff this month. Uh, You can win a copy of my favorite Genesis game, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Hyperstone Heist, by submitting uh, your favorite birthday gaming memory or... You can earn a bonus entry by telling us what I got for my birthday last year, which turns out I got myself two things for my birthday last year. Didn't quite realize <laughs> it when I said that in the last episode, but then a couple of people wrote in, were like, hey, you got that. And I'm like, I don't think that was right. And then I'm like, oh, actually, that was right. Um, everyone listening actually knows your own birthday presents better than you knew yourself, which is funny. I, uh, I just never realized... Uh, how many things I justify for my birthday. Yeah. Which you, yeah, you need to do as an adult. It's like, Oh, my birthday's coming up. Here are the things that I've been wanting to get all year. I'll, you know, it's my birthday. I'll just get that thing. <laughs> right. Right. So Jordan, where can people submit those entries? Yes. So if you want to send us, um, either your, your favorite birthday gaming memory or what Dan got himself for his birthday last year. And apparently there are two things you could uh, go back to the old episodes and find out. You can send us a direct message on Twitter or Instagram where you can find us at W I O W podcast, or you can send us an email at worth it or worthless podcast at gmail.com. We also have a special sponsor this month who gave us a bunch of sweet stuff to give away. You can find them at gamer hats on Instagram we have an awesome N64 and Super Nintendo hat, a bunch of really cool Nintendo keychains. We'll be posting about those on our social media, so keep an eye out. And you should jump into our Discord, chat with us, earn some extra entries, and maybe win a really cool prize pack. Yeah, the Discord uh, bounty this month is going to be a Nintendo-exclusive swag bag where we have some Super Mario art, an NES lanyard, some NES coasters. And also, just by chatting in there, you can earn extra bounty entries towards both uh, giveaways this month. Um, so if you hit the top level in our discord this month, you can earn up to five bounty entries towards, 
uh, Hyperstone Heist if you get both of the other entries uh, for the competition. Yes. So as you are celebrating over the holidays, if you want to get yourself a little gift from us here at Worth It or Worthless, uh, send us a DM, jump in the Discord, chat with us, and you might be the lucky one to win yourself a nice little holiday prize pack courtesy of Dan's birthday. <laughs> right, right, right. And Jordan, speaking of the Discord, just come hang out with us there. Uh, we launched yeah. it, uh, whatever, a month ago now, I think. And it has become one of my favorite parts of my day is just hanging out with the people in there and having like really interesting conversations about not only retro gaming, but music and burritos and how wrong my friend Jordan is and playing text RPGs. Uh, it's just a whole... There's a whole lot there, and I, it's really become one of my favorite parts of my life. Yes, it's a good time. It's a, a great start to a, a nice little community, so you should come jump in on our Discord, and you can find that in the, the link in our show notes or jump on our link tree that you can find on our social media and come chat. Yep, yep. Uh, Jordan, the next episode, uh, we you know we love puns. Yes. We're, do, we're doing Diz, December. Disney games oh. in December. Nice. Disnember. What do you want to call it? Disnember. Disney. December. So the two episodes this month uh, for December are going to be Disney games. Uh, I think the first episode, Rescue Rangers for the NES. One of my favorite NES games. Oh, now is did we play a little bit of this for our uh, NES Desert Island games? Yeah, I think we actually played the whole thing when we uh, played for uh, the the NES Desert Island games, and you enjoyed it. And I think you wanted to cover it on the podcast. Um, some of the community requests that we got last month, uh, or for episodes this month, somebody said Disney games. Yeah. So it was funny because I had already had this December December thing planned out. So I was like, cool. Not only is November community episodes, but now we've got December being community episodes. Hey guys, just wanted to let you know there's been a slight change of plans. The next episode is actually going to be Aladdin for the Genesis, and then the one after that is going to be Rescue Rangers. Thanks. So uh, it should be a good time. Disney has a lot of good retro games. Yes. Well, hopefully your um, thoughts about me liking the game. I don't really have any memories of it other than us playing it. So hopefully that holds up and I don't completely hate it the second time around or we could uh, really butt heads when it comes time to discussing your all-time favorite game. <laughs> I hope I like it. Right. Now, Jordan, do you have anything else before we uh, close out the show with our music segment? Nothing really other than I hope you guys all have a great holiday. If you're in the state celebrating Thanksgiving or whatever you're celebrating over the next month, we hope you have a great time. Spend some time with your family, play some party games, and uh, we will see you in a couple weeks. All right. And of course, as with every episode, guys, all of the relevant information will be in the podcast description. Any videos we mention or the music that you hear, all that stuff, you can just check out the podcast description if you like it or you want to just know what in the world we're talking about. Um, this week's track is off of the newly released Zelda and Chill 2 by Mikkel. Yes. Uh, so it's good. a cover of, yeah, it's a cover of Song of Healing from Majora's Mask. Um, the whole album is fantastic. And uh, just like Zelda and Chill 1 is great. Um, I had a really hard time actually picking a song for the episode because I'm like, this this album, I don't even know. <laughs> just I don't even know. It's just good. It's just good. 
Uh, highly recommend it. It's so good. Guys, go listen to it. Um, the more we listen to it, the better chance of them making more Zeldas and chills. So uh, check it out. It's worth your time. It's a great album to listen to while falling asleep or working or um, uh, punching things or uh, being on a roller coaster or driving or whatever you're doing. It's just great for all scenarios of life. Right, right. All right, guys, I think that that is going to wrap up the show. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.